Chowdy shirt, bad, Louis Nell said, where I'm holding all the work, yeah, what you know about that, what you know about that, what you know about that, hey, I know all about that, loaded four four on the low, where the cheese at, fresh up the chicks, where the chicks, where the cheese at, what you know about people, oh my days, it is a Monday, which means we get to recap a hell of a weekend. LFA knocked it out the park and then UFC brought it home, people, and new and all the rest. Hey, it's a fun one, people, so jump on board because we are getting into this now. Hey, so people, man, everything really got going in a big way because Friday we had LFA. They were coming from Sioux Falls this week and it was fire. There were six fights on the main card and um, yeah, five of those six fights, people, five of those six fights fights ended in um a finish right ended in a finish people right that tells you how kind of crazy this night was now we had um tkos we had man like one tko no two hmm yeah no one tko right, three submissions, yeah, no, that's correct, yeah, one TKO, three submissions, and then one retirement, right, that's the kind of night that we had, and man, I was, I was all in on that, I was all in on that, it was absolutely fire, it was crazy, so this week it was Ron Crutch and um, Michael Chiesa. And they did a good job, did a real good job, man. It's You know what I mean? It's, it's different to the UFC commentary, but it still works. It's fun, right? And that, that's always good because they're not trying to be, you know, this other thing. So, yeah, it, it's a very well done event. And I am... I've really been enjoying these LFAs, people. But, yeah, all started off with a bang. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. All started off with a bang with our first fight of the night. So, Taylor Maudlin and Amber Della Herman opened up the card. It was a flyweight fight. And both ladies were making their debut. So this, I mean, it was a fast one. Definitely was a fast one. Um, so Maudlin comes out with a front kick, right? You could see that Hernan, she wanted to get inside, right? She wanted to get inside to do her thing. And Maudlin was using her reach. Um 
she throws out another front kick, but this time not as effective, and Hernan gets inside. She's looking for a takedown. Looking for a takedown, and um, Maudlin, though, is the one to actually get it, right? She hits a head-arm throw, right? Gets Hernan down, who pulls guard. Pulls guard. But Maudlin, whew, she's active, right? From the giddy-up. She's not looking to let Hernan get anything on the position and hit her with vicious hammer fists. So, right, that causes Hernan to, you know I mean, she's looking to stop the barrage, right? She's trying to defend herself, opens up that guard. And what was uh, definitely surprising, Maudlin grabs that leg, falls back, and hits a knee bar. Hits a knee bar. Right, you're like, oh shit! She just gives a slight adjustment, and that is all she wrote. Hernan was tapping, right? Which definitely the sensible thing to do. You do not, you do not want to stay in one of those too long because oh, it will fuck you up. So um, yes, Maudlin gets to start her pro career with a win, um. Look, Amber Della Hearn, she, she lost the fight, but, you know what I mean? Like, listen, it, it was just one of those things, right? She didn't look awful, right? So, hey, we'll just have to see what she does in her next fight. But, yo, definitely a great, a great start for Taylor Maudlin, people. So, our next fight is actually our sole decision of the night it's a lightweight clash between Daniel Jefferson and James Wilson I think what we kind of see with this fight is is output right Wilson was the busiest all the way through now Jefferson definitely had some periods and when he really just was like you know what fuck it then we saw a dangerous Jefferson you know we saw a Jefferson that if he went at that pace he might have done more in this fight he could have possibly won the fight you know but Wilson was the one I think he was the one really bringing the fire, you know, he gets a, um, a a takedown in the first round, right, and he, he uses that to, uh, you know, get a little action, now Jefferson, he avoids everything for the most part, the ref stands them up, which, you know, did seem a bit of um. Yeah, bit of an odd one, bit of an odd choice, right? But he he gets a big takedown, a big takedown as well. Uh, in the second round, right, you see, um, again, Wilson pushing forward, him landing. Now, Jefferson does let his hands go for a little while, but he, he then just seems to stop. Right, it seems to stop. 
But Wilson doesn't. Wilson continues to push, push the accent, um, getting another takedown, right? In the third round, we, um, again, you know, we have Wilson pressing it, and we don't see that much at the beginning from Jefferson. Wilson gets a takedown. Um, I mean, Jefferson, he, he tries to shrug it off for a little bit, but, it, you know, just no mass. Um, Jefferson does a good job of avoiding the submission attempts. Now, I think what was interesting was when they get up, Jefferson really lets go. Really lets go. I mean, you know, he gets a takedown. Gets a takedown. Can't do much because Wilson, he uses a Kimura to reverse the situation. Ends the fight looking for an armbar. But, you know, although we see Wilson really kind of dominate, right? Jefferson showed those periods throughout where, you know, he was active and doing more. And I think for um, for Jefferson to really, I think, move his career forward, he needs to be busier in fights, right? But, hey, James Wilson is now 4-0, which is um, definitely a good look for him, people. Definitely a good look for him. Next up are the heavyweights, and yo... They delivered, man. They delivered. This was such a fun fight. Interesting one as well, right? So, Anthony Garrett, he's the underdog. Jared Heidemann, you know, LFA veteran by now. <laughs> I mean, he's had three fights, but hey, he's fought in the FLA, LFA a few times. So, yeah, you can say he's the bet, right? He was the clear favorite, but Garrett didn't care about any of that, you know, he's the first to land with a nice left, right, Heidemann hits a leg kick and then gets a huge takedown, huge takedown, and you think, oh, okay, that's the way this one is going, but people, but Garrett, again, as I said, look, he's not looking to um, play it as it's written, because he gets a reversal, gets a reversal, and um, stands, he then grabs the head, he's looking for a guillotine, but decides, you know what, I've been doing all right on the feet, so he, he uh, moves back, landing again, a, a really nice left, you know, Heidemann, I think he kind of realized, okay, I need to do a little bit more, right, I, I need to, impact this fight so he um comes comes in and um yeah hits a one two right big body kick garrett he uh he really comes at heidemann but heidemann ducks under and hits a a well-timed takedown it was a very, very nice move there. 
right? Just because Garrett just telegraphed with the aggression, you know? So, yeah, Heidemann gets his takedown, gets into mount. And you can see straight away he's kind of eyeing up the head and arm choke. But he's in mount. We've seen some people pull it off, right? Alexi Olin, it comes to mind for sure. But it's always easier in side control. Garrett, you know, he's trapping the leg at first. But Eidemann, he's eventually able to get away, get into side control. And poof, as soon as he does, that's a wrap, people. That's a wrap. So a huge win for Heidemann, who does call for a, a title shot after the fight. But i got to say, Anthony Garrett did not look terrible. Anthony Garrett looked like you know I mean? he, he was doing extremely well. Very well on the feet, landed some big shots. Just needed to temper it in a little, right? Because it was the aggression that just put him out of position and allowed Heidemann to get that last takedown that sealed the deal. But, yeah, Anthony Garrett, man, he he um he fought well. I'd say he fought well, and you'll you want to see what he can possibly do in his next fight, people. So then we've got the first of our two bantamweight fights of the night. So, um... It's sub. Ooh. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this name. Sam Samabak Sabizan, right? I think against Alan Begoso, right? And man, this fight was all levels of fun. All levels of fun, right? Begoso hits a leg kick, but. You know what I mean? Both are pretty tentative at the start. They're looking for those openings, right? They don't want to rush. This is a bit of a chess game, people. You know what I mean? Um, Samabak, he hits a couple of nice rights, gets in on Bogoso, grabs the neck for a guillotine, um, but no dice. Right, no dice. I think what we see is Samabek wants to get the fight to the ground if he can. But go so, hey, he, he doesn't want to mess around in that, right? So, uh, yeah, they're, they're going back and forth. But go so, um, he, you know, he's landing some good shots, right? Landing some good shots. But they, you know, he slips. They go to the ground. He's in Samabak's guard, right? Um, but he's able to get up. They're on the feet, right? And um, they both land at the same time. Samabak hits a leg kick. He, he get you know he really wants that takedown. He's going in hard, but Bogoso is fighting it off with hammer fists, right? But um. Samabak sticks with it, gets gets a takedown. Gets the takedown. But Goso, though, he's a bit like, um, nah, I, I'm not looking to be here. Not looking to be here. Scrambles up. Uh, 
Summer back, though, he, you know, he's still pressing for that takedown. Gets it. But Amabak, so no, Bogoso, Bogoso, he grabs a guillotine, grabs a guillotine, and um, yeah, gets into full guard, gets into full guard. It, it's just too tight. Samabak has nowhere to go now, nowhere to go, can't maneuver, and has to tap. Has to tap, which is big, right? Because you're thinking Samabak has the advantage on the ground, but it's Bogoso hitting the guillotine. But I guess it's no surprise, right? Because Bogoso, Team Alpha Male, and you know Team Alpha Male have got nasty guillotines, people. And um, Bogoso, yeah, he show him proves the world that. Man, which has him climb to 6-0, and 6-0, oh. and, oh. and you're kind of thinking, right, he's probably tapping on that door for that LFA championship, so we'll see what happens in that next fight. So now we are at the co-main event, and it's the second bantamweight fight on the card, George Garcia against Ricardo Diaz. And, um, man, they're both nine and four, right? Both nine and four, both looking to, um, again, progress to that title fight. Now, this is a, a fast-paced fight. Oh, my gosh. There's so much action here from the jump. So Diaz is pushing forward, right? Garcia, you know, he's landing very well, but... To, you know, the one that makes the biggest impact is Diaz with that big right hand, right? Puts Garcia down, follows him to the ground, landing some shots. He decides to get up, decides to get up. Garcia's throwing up kicks up, you know, sensible, right? But Diaz grabs one of those up kicks, falls back into a leg lock, and to be honest, it looks tight, right? The leg lock looks tight. But for some weird reason, Diaz lets it go. Let's the leg lock go. And I think everyone's a bit like, what is he doing? This makes no sense. I am confused. I'm confused. So they're back on their feet, right? And... Um, well, as they're getting back to the feet, right, Diaz hits a perfectly timed knee to um, Garcia. And you're just like, shit. Was, oh, man, it was so well-timed because a second earlier and he's hit a ground fighter. But no, boom, perfect. Perfect with the timing. And then it's a trip takedown. Right, Garcia rolls with the momentum and eventually ends up on top. But man, Diaz is able to reverse, reverse end around doing his thing. Right, so we then go into the second round, and it's just like if it's anything like the first, yo. <laughs> so, um, man, Diaz comes out, hits a head kick. 
Garcia, you know, hits a left and a overhand. You know, he's looking to get busy. Looks for an uppercut. But Diaz, man, Diaz, like, cracks him with a right. Cracks him with a right. Garcia stumbles down. And as he's coming up, Diaz hits him with a knee. Hits him with a knee that just shuts the lights off. Oh, my days. It's vicious and, oh, my gosh, man. It just, oh, man, it gets you pumped. Man, you're just like, good damn it. Friday night is killing it. Friday night is killing it. And that's the co-main. So we got one more fight to go. One more fight to go, which is super interesting. Because we've got Daniel Swain against Kamala Kirk. It's a, a lightweight fight. So they're both featherweights, but it's a short notice affair. So they came in at lightweight. I, I forget how, I think on 12 days notice, they both took this fight which is kind of crazy, but, man, you know, they, they were going at a good pace, right? So there was a lot in this fight where you're just like, oh, for 12 days' notice, damn, people, you were really putting it out there. Now, what's interesting, both fought on um, Dana White's Contender Series, not against each other, but they, were, they both were there, both, ah, you know, just not their nights, not their nights, right? Um... Now, this fight, it's, it was brutal, right? It was brutal because Kirk, he, he landed so many just hard, crazy hard shots, right? And it started off with Swain getting a leg kick, right? He's the one gets a leg kick and a jab. You know, but yeah, Kirk really just showed his variety of attacks on the feet. Showed his variety of attacks and definitely looked like he had Swain in trouble a few times. But here's the thing, right? Swain goes down, Kirk follows, and Swain hits him with an armbar. Hits him with an armbar, and you're like, oh shit, oh shit, this is this is crazy. Like, how tight is this man? You know, what what's gonna happen here? You know, which I think it, it definitely showed a, 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 a interesting thing because although, as I said, look. It looked like Swain might be done. It looked like Kirk was going to finish him off. At a few occasions, Swain stuck in there, stuck in there. And um, as I said, you know, has a very good job, right? Gets It also gets a trip takedown. Um, but, yeah, not really able to uh, do anything with it, and Kirk finishes the round strong, finishes the round real strong, so we're going into the second, and you're like, Swain has got one hell of a chin, he's eating shots, so yeah, 
Second round, and Kirk hits a front kick to the chin. To the chin. Think Leodo Machida, Randy Couture, right? Or um, Anderson Silva, Biltor, Belfort, right? One of them. But yet Swain just continues to persevere. Lands a right hook uppercut, right? But he slips, goes down. Kirk follows. Now, look, I think one of the big things for Swain, he doesn't have that punching power. His shots aren't enough to wobble Kirk or stop him in his tracks, which, you know, is the, you know, Kirk can do that to Swain, right? So I think that's definitely a big part of this. But yeah, Swain falls, Kirk follows, landing shots, right? Landing great shots. Um, goes for an armbar. Um, sorry, Swain goes for an armbar even. Again, which, you know, definitely shows that that thing. Definitely shows that thing. You know, Swain taking damage, in trouble, but still able to, you know, go for those submissions. Be dangerous, right? Be dangerous where you know Swain is dangerous, but Kirk is able to survive, right, able to survive, um, and I mean, he slams, like, he picks Kirk up and slams him, which you're just a bit like, I mean, not the greatest thing, we've seen that backfire on many a fighter, but, yo, Kirk, you know, he he hits um, horrible ground and pound, Horrible ground compound. I mean, if you're swaying, that is. You know, you didn't want to be on the end of what Kirk was cooking up, right? Um, but, yeah, Swain is able to survive that second round. So they go to the corners, and, um, I mean, you're just like, oh, what's going to happen here? Because has Kirk has been expending a lot of energy, you know, is, you know, the fight going to turn, right? Are we going to see Swain come back, right? Or is it more of the same? I mean, we didn't really have to find out because Swain, he, you know, we just hear him tell his corner that, man, he's done. He's done. His corner was like, no, 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 dude, you, you're doing okay. It's the third round. You know, you've you've... You're not out of this fight. You, you've been close with submissions a couple of times. But, man, Swain's just like, I don't know why I'm doing this, right? I, I just can't go out again. I'm, I'm retired, right? I'm retired. And for someone with the amount of fights that he has, it's not too surprising. Like, he came into this 20 and 10, right? So... I mean, it's it's not surprising, right? Because then you factor into the amateur career and all of that. You know, he, he took some horrible shots. Horrible shots. So, man, Kumala Kirk really put on a show. Really put on a show. And after the fight, hey, put that call out, man. Put that call out to, you know, Dana and the crew. And um, it would not surprise me 
if we see Kirk get signed because he looked like a problem. Looked like a problem. Dangerous on the feet. He's, you know, dangerous on the ground. Man, could definitely be a great addition to the uh, featherweight division, man. Definitely could be. But, man, this this LFA got me hyped. Got me hyped and looking forward for sure to UFC 262 tomorrow, people. Yo, people, man, Saturday night, right? When you know, when you know you have a UFC event to look forward to, it just elevates everything, elevates everything. And then add that as a pay-per-view, shit, you know you're going to be in for some fun stuff, right? Oh, man. So this event, man, we we took some hits. Took some hits. You know, we lost um, Jack Mantano against Edmund Shabazian, which was always going to be interesting because we haven't seen Shabazian since his first loss to Derek Brunson. So how was he going to come back? And Hermanson is coming off the, um, the loss to Marvin Vittori. So how is he going to be? That was going to be an interesting middleweight clash. But the biggest one, the biggest one was that welterweight clash between Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz. You know, the first ever five-round co-main event. You know, so you you knew that was going to bring something. Leon, hey, he knows. He wins that fight title shot. So what's it going to be? What was it going to be? Now, luckily, that's just pushed back to the next pay-per-view. You know what I mean? And this one still stacked with great fights, crowned off by Charles Oliveira, Charlie Olives, against Michael Chandler for the vacant lightweight strap. I mean, what more do you want, people? What more do you want? So... It's John Anik, man, dude, just whew, hardest working motherfucker in the game. DC and the OG John Rogan, right? Bruce Buffer doing the announcements. A great team, great night. Boy, you know what I mean? It's time to get it popping. So we had 12 fights, 12 fights. Five of those decisions, the rest, stoppages. All stoppages, right? We had three submissions, four TKOs. It was fire, people. So let's get this motherfucker going, shall we? So, people, as stated, there was four decisions on the night, and it started with the second fight. Right, it was a featherweight bout between Kevin Agliara and Tucker Lutz. Right, so the Angel of Death against Top Gun Tuck, and this was a man, this was an interesting fight. Right, so I think both are very tough. Right, there was no doubt about that, but the thing that separated them 
was probably the work rate of Lutz because he came out so busy, so busy putting together these really nice combinations. Oh man, he he looked so sharp and his left hand just wasn't missing, wasn't missing at all. He punctuated um, the first two rounds as well with takedowns. I mean, that was big. That was big. Just, you know, hitting these shots, getting that takedown at the end just to put that cherry on top and be like, yeah, that's what I just did, people. That's what I did, do. Look at me, you know. Now, not to say Aguilera wasn't doing anything, but I think the big thing with Aguilera was he would come forward in these bursts, right? Burst forward, hit a few shots, and then drop back again. And it was just like, oh, no, it needs to be sustained because Lutz is just, he's not stopping, right? He has set a pace and he is hitting you with so much variety, so much variety. But I think that pace, right, that pace, it, it definitely hit him in the third. Because in the third, you saw, you saw Lutz slow down. I mean, and that's probably because he, he did hit, um, yeah, just so much in that second round as well. So in the third, he slowed down a bit. And Agliera... He was pushing forward more. He was trying to get off a lot more. Right now, Lutz hit a takedown, couldn't hold it for any significant amount of time this time out, though. So he's up. He, you know, he tries again. But, man, Aguilera just avoids it and he gets off a lot of shit himself. Right? Lands. He's he's impressive, but I kind of feel that, you know, Lutz had done just so much, so much before that, that you just was like, okay, right, this, I mean, it's his fight, right, he has just unloaded way too much to, um, you know, not win this fight, so, uh, yeah, he did it. He got a unanimous decision. 29-28 um, on two judges. 30-27 on one. I mean, I did think that maybe Agliera took the third. But Lutz definitely took the first two. So, yeah. It, it it was a it was a good win for Lutz, which you know he's debut people, so he started things off nicely, right? You gotta give him mad props for that. Um, so from there Next up, we have a featherweight clash between Mike Grundy. And Leonard, Leonardo Vanada, which it was insane. This fight really showed how bad the judging really was. I mean, it was a bad night of judging. Yeah, atrocious. But this fight, 
Ooh, I mean, well, it is one of the fights that really pinpointed it. So this is Venada's first fight at featherweight. And, oh my God, he looked good. He looked really freaking good. I mean, he never looked big at lightweight. So you're just like, what did he lose? You know what I mean? What did he lose? And pace stamina was not one of them because he just kept on going. Kept on going, people. Right? He um he's landing the front kick a lot. Oh, that was that was a good shot for him. But really, Bernardo was man, just any shot was a good shot for Fernanda that night, you know what I mean? He was putting together just these really slick combinations. So you kind of knew what Grundy wanted. He wanted to take the fight down, right? And he got in on Fernanda, right, early on. He got in on Fernanda and tried to take him down. But every time, Fernanda just popped straight back up straight back up, which I so disheartening, right, so in the beginning, he gets a takedown, Venada straight up, then two more, but Venada straight back up both times, and I think in total, I think Venada, I mean, Grundy was only given two takedowns the whole fight, right, and he attempted a lot, which you definitely kind of feel, yeah, that's going to be draining, you know what I mean, that's really going to start to drain that cardio, so if it wasn't the takedown, it was the right hand, that was Grundy's go-to, but in being that's his go-to, it became a bit predictable, and we just saw Venada you know, be able to time it and counter, you know, he was countering very well, you know, very well, getting off the, the shots, kicks, he just had so much variety, so much variety throughout, and what was crazy, what was crazy, in the third round, Fanata is the one that hits the huge takedown, really just slammed Grundy down, now, he didn't seem to really try and hold Grundy, you know, lounded back up and just carried on landing, body kicks, front kicks, like, the body kick was, like, it's the body kick and the front kick, because he was really slamming those toes into the midsection, I think that and Grundy really pushing for those takedowns was draining, you know, drained him, man, and we just saw a sensational display from Lado Venada, now, when I say the judges nearly screwed the pooch here, I'm saying the judges nearly screwed the pooch, right, they gave the fight a split decision, this fight, never a split decision, just never a split decision, you know, I would say Grundy, I mean, Fernanda won every round, 
right? And that's not shade on Grundy. Grundy, you know, he had his moments, but just that right, right? Just that right and trying for the takedown. You know, like, Venada had just a variety of different shots. He he really showed you MMA. That's what Venada did here. So it was insane that one judge gave it to Grundy 30-27. And you're just scratching your head and being like, wait, how the fuck do you get 30-27? Like, it's baffling. Now, another judge gave it 30-27 Venada, and another one 29-28. And, I, I mean, listen, Venada didn't run away with it. You know, it, was Granada, it was Grundy was trying, but Venada won every round, right? You, I mean, 30-27 is a fair thing for um, Venada, right? And I don't know if Grundy won a round, right? And again, that's not to say he was shit by any means. It's just Venada was so on point, so slick, right? I, but, ugh. The fact that one judge gave it 30-27 the other way, you just scratch your head and just wonder what the fuck is going on, right? That's, that's all you could do because it makes no sense. We now jump to the main card and we got the flyweight fight between Caitlin Kagajian and Viviana Arusha. And, um, yo, this fight, some more bad judging, right? More bad judging, but, man, I think Arusha came with the aggression. Really came with the aggression in this fight. Oh, my gosh. I would know, um, you know, if uh, she had a, a, you know, a grudge, but she came out like um, Kagadian had stolen something, right? Just real big body shots. I mean, she'd seen how Kagadian had been hurt by Andrade and was trying to hit that shot. And a liver shot is difficult. Right, it's real hard, but you just saw um, Aruja really take it to the body, man. Really take it to the body. But um, Kagajian was using that jab well. You know, she was moving, had very good movement, right? Um, yeah, just like countering the one, two, you know, putting all of that together. Um, landing some very nice knees. You know, she was doing some good work, but, yeah, Aruja was really looking to pour it on. We get to the second, and, um, yeah, Kajajian continuing, you know, doing a thing, one, two, front kick, which is working very nicely for her, right? Um... Now, Aruja's still trying to do her thing, still aiming to, um, you know, attack. Still aiming to attack 
and put the hurt on Kagejian. Uh, Aruja catches a kick, gets a takedown, and then, you know, wraps up a guillotine, right? Wraps up a guillotine, gets mount, and we're like, what's going to happen? Oh, this is dangerous. Somehow, Kagejian escapes, and you're just like, yo, what's she doing? Like, damn, okay, all right. That's all good, people. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it was very good, man. Um, she explodes up, right? Lands a knee and is teeing off on Aruja. And by the end of that round, you could see Aruja was tired. Right? She had really, you know, worn herself out. And I think one of the big things, there's a lot of, Big motion from Aruja in this fight. And she was missing. Because she's loading up so much. I mean, she missed a lot of shots. And, I mean, that tired out Aruja. Tired out Aruja. Because I think in recent fights, we'd seen Aruja get a hold of her, you know, gas tank and some of those little things that were... <laughs> Getting in the way potentially, but yo, this fight, I don't know what it was, man. But yeah, Aruja wasn't as controlled as we had seen her. So in that third round, with Aruja slowing, it enabled Kajajian just to do a thing. Hit that front kick, you know, the one-twos, the jab, you know, just put all of that work together. All of it together, do a thing. You know, it was a, a very nice display from Kagejian, right? But as said, again, again, the judging, kind of crazy, kind of crazy with this fight, right? Because they, um, yeah, what, oh man, what did they do again? They, okay, so we had it. 29 um 28 on two judges right fair very fair one judge gave it 30 27 and you're just like wait what how do you not give the first to aruja it was it was kind of crazy it was kind of crazy that you know the judge just didn't do that and when you've got the other two giving 29s, 28s, you're kind of looking at that one judge and going, what did you see, man? I, what the fuck did you see? Because it's definitely not what everyone else did. You know what I mean? Um, so from there, we had the bantamweight fight, which is the next fight, actually, between Matt Schnell and um, Rahejo Boratin. Ah, oh, man. So, with this one, right, I think it's all about output, right? And we just didn't see enough from Schnell. Right? He, he would, you know, hit little bursts. Hit little bursts, do a combo, and then just go back to trying to stick to the outside and jab. But 
Bontarine, he was, you know, he's looking to land. He was putting together those combinations, landing those, and just outworking Schnell. Now, come the third round, right, he's hurt Schnell, right, hurt him, and then he's just doing damage, right, doing damage, and you just gotta go, right, you, you can't end around being ground and pounded and expect this to go any other way, because he just didn't, didn't do enough, it was, it's kind of baffling, you, you wondered why, there's like, you know, he'd said that he, he knew he had to be busy, right, being, you know, unattentive in there has cost him in the past, and you thought that might change, but no, unfortunately for uh, Schnell, you know, it's a home fight, and he just didn't up that tempo. Ah, so um, we then go to uh, the um, yeah, co-main event of the evening, right? It's um, Tony Ferguson against Benal Dariush, and this was a huge one. It was a huge one because you know. Dariush is 20 and 4 coming into this fight. And you kind of thought to yourself, okay, he's on a six fight win streak, but has he beaten anyone of note yet? Like a big, big name. Has he got those? And I think it's fair to say that no. He's fought some tough fighters. He's got some tough wins, but from someone in that top 10. He didn't have that, didn't have that, and Tony Ferguson, right, he just, he did seem focused, he seemed focused coming into this one, right, if you looked at the body language, you looked at, you know, his expression, everything, the things he was saying, you just thought, ooh, this is a Tony Ferguson ready to put it all on the line, and I'm um, he, he definitely was prepared to put it all on the line. I mean, we, we can say that. But it just wasn't the Tony Ferguson that we have, you know, grown to love, right? It, it's that crazy Tony who is reckless and dangerous, but not reckless not so much in a stupid way, right? It was always that controlled violence. You know, he just knew how to turn it on, which was always so impressive. But in this fight, in this fight, just not his thing, right? Dal Yush, he was able to take Tony down, control him, and dominate him. Right, that was the big thing. It's a big thing. And Tony, you know, he, he was trying to escape, trying to implement his game, but there didn't seem to be that explosion. You know, that thing that we've seen out of Ferguson in the past where, you know, 
all out of nowhere. He's, you know, flipped it, right? Turned it around, got the victory. We, we didn't see that Tony Ferguson tonight. What we did see, I have to say, what we did see, though, was someone who had the hunger for sure because, oh, my God, in the second round, Daoyush has a heel hook. Heel hook. Has a heel hook, people. And this was no, oh, is it there? Was it? No, 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 no. Like the armbar Charlie Oliveira had on um, Ferguson, you know, it, it, it was just like that. It was just as tight, just as cool, you know, wrapped up. But for some just insane, insane happenstance, Ferguson does not tap. Ferguson ate it. And at the end of the fight, when Darius was giving his interview, he was like, yeah, I heard the pop. I heard his ankle popped. I looked at him, and he was stone-faced and just shook his finger. And you're just like, God damn, Tony Ferguson is a monster. Right? Tony Ferguson is a monster. One of the only motherfuckers that ain't going to tap for you, man. It, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. But, yeah. You know, a, a very, you know, dominant win for Bernal Dayush. And um, I think this gets him in that upper echelon. You know, he's now going to be fighting only killers. Only killers. So it is, uh, yeah, see what he's got, people. And it looks like he's got a lot. You know what I mean? Oh, looks like he's got a lot. So, yeah, we will see if the star of Bernal Dayush continues to rise. I've got to say, I think it does. You know what I mean? I think it does. But, yeah, interesting scorecards, but some very good, good performances. With UFC 261, that got popping with that very first fight. And um, this was no different, right? So we had a lightweight clash between Sean Sariano, who was uh, making his return to the UFC. Oh, man, it'd been a few years out, but worked away. And if you'd watched the embeddings, right, Sariano was... um talked about in such high regard as a striking coach, you know, um, so you knew those hands were going to be good, and he was facing Christos Gagas, who's also in his second stint in the UFC, he returned a little bit sooner than Serrano, but yeah, this fight felt like fire, and Serrano's taking a fight at lightweight, he usually fights at feather, but you know, no one's turning down that return ticket, you know what I mean? But, yo, opens up, they're both looking for those openings, and you knew it was going to be good, right? Because Gagas comes out of the gate, lands a solid jab that knocks Serrano back, 
But then Serrano hits a real strong leg kick that stumbles Gages. So you're just like, okay, yeah, both have got power. This is going to be crazy. Right, so, um, yeah, Gages, you know, he went for a takedown. Um, doesn't quite get it, but uses the momentum to jump on Serrano's back, right? Serrano, though, shrugs him off, hits um, leg kicks, left combination, which worked for him so well on this night, right? Leg kick left, hits another left, which hurts Gages, but Serrano, he's not rushing in, he's very patient, you know, his hands are looking so sharp and crisp, people, right, so yeah, he's, um, he's, you know, keeping back, keeping cool, Serrano, um, Gages even, he, um, he fires a huge shot, misses though, and Serrano lands, Another big shot, stumbles Gages, Serrano hits leg kicks, body kicks, man, Gages is just like up against it, Serrano is looking real good, real good, um, now Gages is able to get a takedown at the very end, but you kind of felt that was Serrano's round with the work he was putting in, just looking sharp as hell. So we go into the second, and, you know, there's no let-up, people, right? Serrano's coming, hits a left hook. Gage just goes for a takedown, but Serrano's able to reverse it. He goes for an arm bar, loses it. Gages is able to get on top, and as soon as he does, oh man, he just locks in a dance, locks in a dance, Serrano is fighting it, he is fighting that choke, but man, it's just too tight, just tight, Serrano goes to sleep, oh man, like, you had to feel for Serrano, right, he's, he's coming back, and he looked sensational, he looked so freaking good, so good, but just one error, one error, he slightly rushed that armbar attempt, giving Gages, you know, the opportunity, and he didn't realise, it's like he didn't realise it was a dance, didn't realise it was a dance until it was already locked up, and then it was just too late, too late, so it's very unfortunate for Serrano, huge win for Gages, Gages, oh man, pulled it out, pulled it out nicely, and he was landing some good shots in the fight, it's just Serrano was looking so slick, but I don't feel this hurt Serrano anyway, great fight people, great fight, so still on the prelims, it is the flyweight fight between Antonina Shevchenko and Andrea Lee, right? This this was a, a good fight, people. You looked at this one for all interesting shit right here. And, um, yeah, they were, they were both, you know, landing well. But I think one thing that 
I forget who said it. I think it might have been DC, right? It's like the difference between Antonina and Valerina, Valentina even, is the strength, right? Valentina is so strong. You can't out-muscle her. You can't bully her, right? That's the huge difference. And she's just got her chin, you know, she took shots from Amanda Nunes. And, you know, Antonina, although technical, just hasn't got that same muscle, hasn't got that same strength behind the shots. You know, people can bully her, right? I think that's the huge thing that does separate the two. Because remember, they train together. So, you know, they both have the same skill set and, you know, Antonina is older, right? So she was training earlier than Valentina, right? So I think that's really interesting to remember. And you did notice it. There's one part in the first round, Antonina gets a, oh, she got a very nice tie plum. And although she was able to control the head, Lee's able to get some body shots off, but Shevchenko is hitting some really nice knees, really nice knees to Lee's midsection. Um, so it is a bit of a back and forth round, though Lee does hit Shevchenko a couple of times and wobble her. Right, and she ends the round getting a takedown and landing elbows. So you kind of you'd give that first round to Lee, right? So we go into the second, and um, man, it's a crazy start, right? Shevchenko is jabbing, leads the leg kicks, and you know, Lee goes with a spinning back fist. Shevchenko avoids. Gets um, gets the back and is looking for a rear naked choke. Lee escapes, gets a takedown with a head and arm toss. Right, she's um, get you know in mount right and locks up a, a mounted triangle. Whoo, locks up a mounted triangle. Right, Chibchenko is fighting it, but. It was odd because, I don't know, I think Lee locked that in about two minutes in, maybe, maybe a bit earlier. And we had, you know, Shevchenko in Lee's triangle for the rest of the round, essentially. And Lee could not get it. And there was definitely points where you'd be like, oh, there's a lot of space in there. So Shevchenko is not going to choke. And Lee didn't grab the head, right? Because usually you see someone grab the head, pull down on it. Like, remember Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee. He just grabbed the head, pulled it down, and boom, Lee's chapping, right? But, yeah, Lee didn't do that. Right, so um, that was the interesting thing, and we get we're getting too close to the end of the round, right? And she's 
got the arm as well, but not really doing anything with it. And you just think, I, I think that's it. I think Shevchenko subsides the round. And what's going to happen from there? Because Lee's legs are going to be shot. Right? And when you hear that 10-second klaxon, Lee was just like, ah, I need to do something. And she grabbed the arm and just really, really twerked it. When you see the angle of the arm, you're like, oh, shit. Right? Shevchenko taps straight away. And no blaming to her. Right? It's just the fact that, man, she'd survived nearly to the end of that round. And just at the end, has to tap. And it would have been interesting if she had survived because when Lee gets up to celebrate the win, and she's staggering, right? Her legs are clearly jelly. So, uh, yeah, huge submission for Andrea Lee. And it ends her four... No, she was on a three-fight losing streak. So, yeah, she needed that. Definitely needed that because if she had lost... That could have been it, right? So, um, big win for uh, Andrea KGB Lee. Last fight on the prelims. Oh my gosh, it was, oh, it was something. It was something. And it brings us our last submission. We had the middleweight, Jacare Souza clash with. Andre Munez and who like Munez top level jiu-jitsu practitioner and he's obviously was saying he's gonna submit Sosa which seemed seemed kind of crazy but Sosa is the most decorated jiu-jitsu cat in the UFC right so man this fight opened up and they're a little tentative, which makes sense, right? But Sosa, he comes out with a body kick and a front kick. Munez, he hits a leg kick. And, yeah, they're trading some blows. Um, Sosa gets a takedown. You know, Munez gets a takedown. It's a little back and forth until, right, until we're about, I don't know, mm, a minute in. Right, we're about a minute in, and um, Munez gets a takedown. He's he's trying to get Jacare's back. Uh, he's on, but he gets he's a bit high. He's a bit high, so he is slipping off the back. But as he's coming off the back, he manages to trap um, Jacare's arm. Managed to trap that arm, and so he locks in an arm bar, and Jacare can't can't move his arm, and you hear an audible crack. You just hear this crack, and Jacare's arm is toast. It is toast, right? There's no tapping. The referee stops that fucking fight, and yeah, you need to stop that fight. It's 
we saw so many replays of that and you just hear the crack like there's some angles are better than others but you just hear the noise oh my god it is gnarly as hell gnarly as hell i mean that that's just a real kind of this is what can happen right so now see your pay-per-view coming right that's what that was it was insane huge win for Munez right because who the fuck would have thought he is getting a submission but he did inverted armbar man inverted armbar some crazy ass shit on top of the submissions this card had TKOs, had four TKOs even, people, and it all started in those, in the early prelims, right, we had the fight between Gina Mazzano and Priscilla Cachajera, it was the women's flyweights going at it, and, um, yo, Gina Mazzano looked really good, really good, Kasia Hera, she's trying to pin Mazzano down, right, pin her down to the fence so she can unload, but Mazzano, she's moving well, right, and she's um getting off some nice combinations, fast combinations, also she gets a takedown, right, Kasia Hera is able to get up, but Mazzano just takes her down again, right, she's got a top a strong top game. Kashara um, eventually gets up and they're just going at it. Man, they're throwing, which you're like, ooh, not great for Mazzano. I mean, she's landing, but that's the opportunity that Kashara can take to possibly win the fight, land that heavy shot, you know, which really, I mean, was the stunner in that last fight against Dobson, you know what I mean, so you're thinking, hey, Mizano should just keep to what she's doing, right, so, um, you know, Krauss is shouting at her, and she goes back to the thing, right, gets another takedown, and ends the round dropping some elbows, now, Cashiera does a very good job on the defense, but you're thinking, I think Mizano took that round, right, so, go into the second round, and Mazzano, you know what I mean? She's trying to continue what she's doing. Now, it's a body kick. Cachoeira, she's trying to get inside. But Mazzano gets another takedown. Right, Cachoeira is up fast this time. Um, but as she is trying to get up, Mazzano takes her back, and she's looking for that rear naked choke. Now, Cachoeira does a very good job of getting back into guard. Gets back into guard. And, you know, there, there's not a crazy amount of action. But Mazzano is landing some shots, right? And it's that weird thing. Because some referees let that position stay a lot longer. Others are like, nope, you've got to get up. When it's a bit, you know, because I think it's the skill, right? 
it's that skill of being able to bring someone back, get them back on their feet, right? Because we saw against Marvin Vittori, Kevin Holland was very good on the feet, probably the better on the feet, but he couldn't stop that Vittori takedown, right? And then couldn't get up. So that was the big thing. Now, if the referee had kept on standing them up, Holland might have won that fight. So the referee stands them back up and instantly we see a difference. Mazzano looks very tired, right? Looks very tired. And it's allowing Pichella, yeah, it's allowing Cachoeira to um, get shots off, right? She's landing the left, right? Mazzano, you know, tries to get a takedown, but Cachoeira stops it. And she's landing heavy shots, right? Mazzano is now telegraphing the shoots. She's still so tired, right? And Cachoeira is just doing work, right? Mazzano is tired. Cachoeira um, is coming forward with shots. And there's a point where Mazzano, she's on the fence and she just turns her body. And she's, you know, in the ref's direction. Cachoeira is landing and the ref just stops the fight. Stops the fight. As soon as he does, Mazzano just, just slumps. She's so tired. And, yeah, it's, um, I mean, the stoppage was correct. Mazzano was just too tired to carry on. Now, the weird thing is, after this fight, I saw a lot of people talking about the stand-up, right? Because essentially, when they stood up, the fight changed. But the thing with that is, and yes, I do not think they should have stood them up, and possibly Mazzano wins that round. But I don't know what she'd be like in the third. Right, but she was so tired there, and I think she's still going to be that tired come the third round, right? So that's the thing, you know. I don't believe in the stand up, but I do kind of think that the writing was on the wall. Like, for whatever reason, Mazzano's gas tank just left her, just left her. And it allowed Cachoeira to take over and win this fight. Huge win for her. It's a, just a shame for Mazzano. But, you know, she looked so good in that first round. All she does need to just correct that mistake. And we can see some good things out of Mazzano. You know, but definitely hats off to Patricia Cachoeira. We're still on the prelims, people, and this is a middleweight fight between Jamie Pickett and Jordan Wright, the um, Beverly Hills Ninja, and, you know, they both came out firing. Oh, my God, this was a firefight from the giddy. Right, Wright hits a body kick, uh, big picket. He's um moving forward, lands a left, you know, Pickett goes for a takedown, right? But 
um, eats a oh, eats a big elbow, eats a big elbow, and he's rocked. Right, right. He's um, yeah, just turning it up, turning it up. Pick it. He, uh, you know, he, you know, he's trying. He's trying to stick in that fight. Right, but he gets staggered, gets staggered, right, follows it up with shots, hits a big knee, big knee, Pickett is trying to cling on, but right gets him down and unloads hell, referee jumps in, it is done, huge win for Jordan, right people, Huge win for Jordan Wright. And, um, yeah, hats off to the dude. Hats off to the dude, man. You know what I mean? But we then go to, um, man, it's a, the first fight on the main card, right? First fight on the main card. And it is, oh, it's a banger, people. We have the featherweight clash between Shane Burgess and Edson Barboza. And boy, out the gate, right? Barboza is throwing just lethal shit. Oh my gosh, right? His left is great. His movement is on point, right? They are just going at it. Right, it's the war we thought it would be, and this is fun as hell. Right, Burgers, he gets in a hook, but man, it's just Barboza is just pouring it on. Right, hits a body kick, spinning back kick. Ah, just the combinations that you know Barboza is able to get off. Some of those shots, you're like, how is Virgo still standing. Like, what the hell is going on here? Right? Now, Virgo's, he tries for a takedown, um, but can't get it. Can't get it. This Barboza is just, oh, he's firing on all cylinders. Uppercut, head kick. He stuns Virgo's with a right. You know, his jab is working. Man, it's just like, jeez, Jesus. Like, this is just, this is some hardcore shit, right? Now, going into the second round, though, I know he did it, but Burgos is coming back. Burgos is landing more in this round. You know, Barboza is still landing some of that evil shit, right? Leg kick, right? Man, jump knee, but Burgos, he's landing his own. He's making this a war, right? Barboza ain't getting no easy ride. Burgos is matching him shot for shot. And you just think to yourself, who's going to go first? Because surely, surely this cannot go on. But yeah. Goes on, people. We're now into the third round. We're in the third round, and I don't think anyone knows how the fuck we got here, right? 
and yet it's not slowing. Both of these fighters, their gas tank is off the chain because they have taken shots, shots to the body that's going to weigh you down, leg kicks, but no one is tired, no one's tired. And, um, yeah, Burgos comes out with the leg kicks. Barbosa's returning that leg kick. You know, it's just going. No one's taking a step back, right? Barbosa lands a right. And um, it's kind of crazy, right? Because it's a big right. And Burgos is coming forward. Coming forward. He's ready to throw. But all of a sudden... He, like, blinks. Burgos just stops, blinks, and kind of steps back. Blinks again, staggers back, right, and just falls. And it's just like, what? I No one knew what the fuck was. Everyone just kind of froze for a minute. No one knew what the hell. And then the ref jumps in and stops it, like... Credit to Barboza. Barboza doesn't, like, rush him. Everyone's just like, I don't know what the fuck just happened there. It was the most insane relay, delayed reaction to a shot that I think we have ever seen. Right? You, you, it's baffling. It is literally baffling. Now, we've kind of seen that from a liver shot. Never. Never from a you know anything to the head. It was crazy, but goddamn, goddamn, this is. It was an awesome fight. Was an awesome fight, and hats off to Edson Barbosa. Hats off for Shane Burgos for staying in there and just throwing fire for so long. God, that was so fucking. That's so fucking good. So, people, after all of that, after all of that, we are now at the main event, right? Charles Oliveira, a, I think, 11-year veteran, 11-year veteran in the UFC against Michael Chandler. You know, second fight, but came in with a bang. And credentialed, you know, in his wrestling, one, you know, the, all those big wrestling thingies, which are, you know, I don't know wrestling people, but I know he's credentialed, right? And former Bellator champ, two time Bellator lightweight champion, you know, so he, 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 we know he can do the thing. So what's going to happen, right? What is going to happen? We've seen Oliveira at times crumble when he's the nail. But in all of his fights so far, in that eight-fight winning streak that he's on, he hasn't been under the adversity that we've seen him at. Right? Remember when Gunnar Nelson dropped the elbows on him? You know what I mean? We've seen that. But what's going to happen? Because this looks like a new Charles Oliveira. This looks like a new Charles Oliveira, people. The first round, I think it had everything. I think it had everything. Oh, my God, it was crazy. So it starts off and Oliveira, he's doing what you thought he might do, right? Use that range, 
landing front kick, leg kicks. Landed a real sweet leg kick that buckles Chandler for a second, right? Gets back up and he's moving forward. Lands a left hook, doubles it up, and you think, oh, there's that second left hook seemed to hurt Oliveira. So you're like, oh shit, okay. What what's happening here? What's what's gonna go? Right? Oliveira shoots, gets a takedown, but Chandler locks up a guillotine and it looked tight. Guillotine looked tight. Oliveira's able to escape. Um and as Chandler starts to stand, Oliveira, like a cat, takes his back, throws in a body triangle, and um, you know, he's looking for that rear naked. Chandler does the craziest thing, jumps back, jumps back to slam Oliveira, and listen, it works sometimes, but we have seen so many times where that same move puts you in even worse trouble, it's like slamming someone who's got a triangle or an armbar on you, it can push you deeper into the lock, right, so, um, yeah, he slams back, right, Oliveira, he's trying to lock up that rear naked, they're hand fighting, and Chandler then explodes, explodes out, gets back up on his feet, so, man, both have tried for submissions, you know what I mean, so they're back on their feet, doing their thing, and Oliver, no, Chandler, Lands a good left, right? Lands a good left. Oliveira is trying to circle away. Chandler hits him with a right, hurting Oliveira, who goes down. Chandler jumps on top, and he is raining down fire. And you're like, oh, my God. The referee is looking like he might stop this fight at any moment. It is insane because Chandra is handing, he's landing rocks, and we have seen plenty of fights stopped at that very same moment. But this is for the gold, people. This is for the gold. Oliveira is trying to tie things up, trying to stop it, and he survives the round. I mean, just craziness craziness, so is Oliveira going to be okay coming into the second, you know what I mean, and as we've seen, will he make it, right, or will he succumb, is he going to be doubting himself, so yeah, Oliveira comes out, lands a right jab, followed by a left, which stuns Chandler, Chandler stumbles back to the fence, Oliveira follows it up, just teeing off, hits a knee, hook, oh man, he's just firing, Chandler is trying to move away, Oliveira lands a left, puts Chandler down, and he is firing shots, referee jumps in people, we have a new lightweight champion, his name is Charlie 
Olives, Charles Oliveira, hey, the favelas stand up, because you have now got a new king, people, whoo, man, I gotta say, I have got to say, because, you know, coming into this fight, I, look, you knew how good Charles Oliveira was, but it's those big hands, right, could he survive, and we saw Chandler land, and we saw it nearly end, but unlike in previous fights, when Oliveira got to that point, got hit, got hurt, this time, A, he turned around, looked in the devil's eye, and said, not today, motherfucker, it's my time, and yeah, he's a champ, he is the goddamn champ, and he looked good, he did look good, man, man, so, it's crazy, I have to say, right, I, I watched Unbedded this time, I, sometimes I don't get round to it, I sometimes forget it's there, you know, but I got round to Unbedded, and gotta say, right, definitely changes your, I'm watching Unbedded, and I'm like, goddamn, Benil Dariush is such a nice dude, such a nice dude, and the same with Charles Oliveira, you just started to root for them, just from watching Unbedded, so I don't know what I would have picked if I had watched Unbedded before I did Wednesday's show, man, but, yo, you know what I mean, it is what it is, we had a tremendous night, tremendous night, now, our, um, uh, you know, our bonuses, so, Christos Gagas gets a performance of the night, obviously, because that was a sensational come from behind, oh my gosh, and what a way to start the night off, right, so he gets a performance of the night, Charles Oliveira, he does, because, hey, he's the new champ, and he came back, and he ripped that belt away, you know, so props for that, and the fight of the night, what do you think, people? It is Edson Barboza v Shane Burgos. And how the fuck could anyone be mad at that? Because that, straight sensational. So all those motherfuckers get an extra 75 Joes. Ain't bad, right? Ain't bad at all. So people, now looking ahead. And next week, Rob Fun against Cody Garbrandt. How good is that? How good is that? I can not wait, people. I cannot wait. Okay, people. So, we have reached that point again. We are close to an end of another episode. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening with all these fights. So, um, yeah, on Bellator 260... Uh, Alex Pelosi will be fighting Gustav Trofalilo um, at light heavyweight. So, um, people, Bellator 260, take note. Now, next week's card, May 22nd. I mean, look, Sarah Alpa, poor Sarah Alpha. At first, she was fighting um, Stephanie Edgar. But Edgar, she got, you know, an injury, had to pull out. But Lapita 
Goodez, she stepped in. She was going to take that fight. And you know she wanted a, you know what I mean? Get a good fight in after her debut. But unfortunately, because of visa issues, Goodez couldn't make the card. So Alper has been pulled. And um, word is they're going to try and book her on another card real soon. So, um, man, we go to the 19th of June. And Francisco Trinaldo will be fighting Muslim Salakov. So this was originally going to take back on the 5th. It's just been pushed back a couple of weeks. All right. Then we jump right to the 31st of July. And Oren Cozy is going to be fighting Philip Rowe on that card. Couple weeks later, on the 14th of August, Jay Young Kim will be fighting Meatball Molly McCain. Um, and then the week later, on the 21st, Brian Kelleher is finally going to be able to lock it down with Domingo Palate. All right. And then, people, um, on the 18th of September, We're going to have Dakota Bush against Aragaho, right? So they're going to be throwing down, looking to uh, come off that debut and get a win. So a lot of fun fights to look forward to, people. But that is us done. We will be back on Wednesday, all right?